Hello, and welcome to the Parents as Learning Coaches edition of the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. Parents and caregivers play many different roles, and even sometimes conflicting roles, as they support children's development. The pandemic has shown a light on the importance of parents supporting learners. In this podcast, I'll share my experiences as a teacher, educator, parent, grandparent, and continuous learner that can support your coaching efforts. Communicating with your youngsters' teachers. Experienced educator, author, and parent, Crystal Frommert, is joining us today. Crystal was featured on an earlier podcast for teachers to discuss her recent book, When Calling Parents Isn't Your Calling, A Teacher's Guide to Communicating with Parents. Following that conversation, I realized I needed to invite her to return and to kind of switch her hats from her current middle school teacher hat uh, to her parent hat of of her own children. I wanted her to come back and explore the parent-teacher communication from that parent seat. So welcome back, Crystal. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's kick this off with the same question we started the previous podcast with, and that was, how did your experience from the parent's seat, as well as from the teacher's seat, uh, influence the work on the book you did for teachers? Thank you for asking that. I have a, a quite a unique situation. Um, maybe it's not that unique, but I work at the same school where my daughter goes to school. So now that she's in middle school and upper school, um, her teachers are now my colleagues and my friends. So that, that puts an interesting <laughs> twist on things. Um, but, but speaking to when she was younger and I didn't quite work directly with her teachers because they were in a different division, different building. Um, I felt like I wasn't quite working at her school, even though we had, you know, the same name on our paychecks. I didn't see them every day. Right. So my experience as a parent is, you know, I want to partner with those teachers. Those teachers know my child in a way that I don't know my child. And I've, I've known her since the day she was born, but they know her with her friends. They know her in a group of 20 kids. They know her on a field trip. And I want to know that information. I know other parents want to know that too. And so I want to partner with that teacher to find out what makes her laugh at school, what what encourages her to learn, what is she excited about. Um, and so those are things I think all parents want to know. And you're going to get that by being a partner with your child's teacher. Do you have a, a definition for us of, of what we mean by parent-teacher communication? I want to say, like I said, I think it's a partnership. It's, um, it's a respect. It's, it's a professional closeness um, that I respect that that teacher has, you know, a schedule. I'm not going to just pop in and, and just say, oh, hey, here to talk about my child, right? So I respect that professional boundary. Um, but also we're talking about human beings here. So we're not talking about business loans or mortgages. I mean, these are children we're talking about. So it, it's a blurry line between the personal um, and, and the connection with our hearts and that professional boundary as well. It's, it's a delicate balance. So a, a partnership means a, a, a common goal. Am I okay with that? And I would say, yeah, I would say a partnership is a common goal, but there's a dance around that. Sure. Right? Yeah. Different roles to play in, in achieving a common goal. In this case, being the, the common goal being the, 
the success for the young person. Right. And, and knowing your child, knowing what makes them excited, if they're struggling, having that openness in that partnership that you can work together to build up that success for that child. Um, I, I don't think it's quite possible for a child to be successful in school if the parent and the teacher are not working together towards the same goal. So how about some tips for parents on fostering that partnership? You know, like I said, I think it's important to maintain those professional boundaries that you're respecting that this teacher has a job to do. He or she goes to work, he or she plans lessons, he or she is grading, uh, and, and knowing that they do have work to do and they're not constantly available to talk to you all the time. Um, in the book, I mentioned that um, I had a, one of my child's teachers said at parent night, she said, you know, I, I'm with your ch- children all day right? Minus, you know, the specials time or the, you know, the lunchtime, but I'm with your child today or I'm working. So I'm not going to be sitting at my computer checking my email to respond to you. And um, I'll get back to you after, you know, three o'clock. And I thought it was so honest um, and so clear with the parents of, you know, I, I will get back to you, but understand that I'm not going to respond to you like this, right? So knowing where you are as a parent and what kind of response to expect to get back from a teacher. Um, and also knowing what kind of questions to ask a teacher and how to do that. Is it appropriate to make a phone call? Um, if it's something that is involved, something that's more sensitive and more delicate of an issue, you know, send the teacher an email, give them a, you know, a courtesy heads up. I would love to talk to you about Joey's last test or how he's doing in your class, or he mentioned this was going on in the classroom. Do you have time for a phone call today or tomorrow? And that gives that teacher the courtesy of knowing what's going on so that he or she can prepare uh, for that conversation and also set aside time to talk to you on the phone, you know, about the issue Um, because email is not always appropriate for something like that. On the other extreme, if you're asking about, and I'm guilty of this too as a parent, but if you're asking, what's the date of the field trip again? Now, that kind of question probably could be answered on the school website, (laughs) It could be answered on the class newsletter. Maybe you don't need to bother the teacher with something like that. Um, So just knowing what's the appropriate communication, where can you get that information, and what's the best way to to talk about those issues. I I just want to give my reinforcement. I I think that uh, difficult issues trying to be done through email or text are you're, you're you're setting you're setting the stage to make it more difficult. I guess is is my response. Right, and it's more impersonal um, and, and more difficult when you've got multiple paragraphs bouncing back and forth. There's meaning that's lost in that communication. Without the tone of voice, without the teacher's response to your first question, uh, you give four more. Which had right. you heard the response to the first one, you wouldn't have gone on to, to the other four. Um, I, I just, I, I would really reinforce that for parents. And I think the way you laid it out is, is terrific to request a, a possible time that you can, uh, that you can do that phone call. And beyond, beyond the phone calls, I would even say that uh, sometimes a face-to-face is even more appropriate than a phone call, especially if you haven't met the teacher yet. Um, if you're trying to get to know what the teacher's personality is like, you're trying to help your child be successful in their classroom. 
um, sitting down and, and just being with that person and not necessarily Zoom, right? We, we can actually sit down with each other now and, and getting to know that person, laughing with that person, um, learning a little bit about their personal lives and, you know, just about them as, as a human being really helps that success partnership. So if a, if a parent's child is uh, struggling with something at school, Parents know the uneasiness that they as a parent have as they approach the teacher. I'm wondering if you could kind of pull the curtain back and talk to the uh, parents a little bit about what, what's the teacher feeling like in, in those settings? You know, when, when I, I wrote this book for my younger teacher self, like she, that young teacher was in my head the whole time I was writing each chapter. And I was very, very nervous to talk to parents. I mean, I started teaching when I was 22 years old, fresh out of university. And, um, I, I thought, oh, well, they know everything and they're going to think I'm not very smart. They're going to think I don't know everything. Um, I had a lot of like imposter syndrome, I think of, <laughs> of you know, being a professional. And um, I continued with that nervousness for, for maybe over a decade um, because some parents will come in a little bit, um, what did they say? They come in hot, right? They come in angry. They come in, you know, a little bit of, of attacking type uh, nature to the teacher. And that really scares a, a, any teacher, not just a young teacher. It really scares that teacher for any future correspondence with parents. So just keeping that in mind that you don't know uh, what experience that particular teacher's had with an irrational, angry parent before. Um, so there might be a little bit of that hesitance of like, I don't want to get close to you. I don't, I'm a little bit nervous about this. If they are a newer teacher, you know, just know there might be also just some inexperience there of, of working with grownups. I mean, we go to college and we do all of our internships with people who are under four foot tall. Um, and when a professional comes in, a parent who's over five foot tall comes in to talk to us, we get a little bit nervous because we're not used to talking to grownups. Um, and so just keeping that in mind, that switched a little bit when I became a parent myself. And when I walked into my very first parent conference for my own child as wearing the parent hat, um, I realized how nervous I was. And I I saw both sides at that point. I was like, oh, I see now that this parent is probably a little bit afraid of what I'm going to say. Are they going to say my child's doing okay? Is she developing appropriately? You know, especially when they're young, you're nervous about those things. Um, is she adapting socially? Um, and so there, I think there's a nervousness on both sides of that table and, and maybe just getting it out there and, and being vulnerable and honest and say, you know, I know this is a difficult conversation. You know, um, this is a very normal behavior to have for your child. Just keeping it very open and we're here to work together kind of kind of mode. You really struck a, uh, a new piece that I've been uh, reading about and done a little bit of writing on uh, that's known as the fear of finding out. Parents are going into that conference with the fear of finding out. The teachers are going into the conference with uh, with the fear of finding out. So that uh, that uh, intensity of emotion is really natural. So recognizing that it's there and knowing the impact that it's having on you and purposefully making a decision. For me, it was to uh, as as a teacher, it was to to slow down to look to cause the parent to be comfortable. I realized then, as you did, when I switched seats from the parent role, I could do the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would, you know, I agree with you and, and the, let's, let's keep it simple. Let's slow down. 
let's let's speak to each other as we're you know human beings trying to work with the you know work with the best we can with this child but also keeping ourselves very direct in our conversation i'm not beating around the bush i have done that so many times um and it's a mistake i think that i've made where i'm i'm trying to soften uh what i'm trying to say but i think you know being kind is also being direct and being simple in your language and and just flat out saying Joey is having trouble with this, and here's what I think we can do to help him, uh, rather than trying to, to form that compliment sandwich all the time that we're trying to form of, you know, a positive thing, a criticism and a positive thing. Just come out and say it, and it might sound direct and it might sound harsh, but the parent is going to hear in your voice. Right? I'm speaking more of a, of a teacher right here, but the parent's going to hear in your voice, you do care about that child and keeping your language simple and direct is going to help that communication. And on the flip side with parents, um, just go ahead and say what you have to say to the teacher. The teacher has probably heard everything, right? That teacher has heard all kinds of situations to just come out and say, here's what we're seeing at home. You know, what, what suggestions do you have? And just plainly putting it out there. So, um, I guess that's that's one of the 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 pieces that would uh, re- respond to this question. But I'm wondering if you've got some other thoughts connected to it. Uh, if a parent is finding building that partnership with the teacher to be somewhat difficult, thoughts on a on a, on a best step for a parent to take? I mean, that's an excellent question because I know that so many teachers try really hard to do the best they can with communication, but there are teachers out there who just aren't doing that great of a job with it. And that's just the simple truth about it. If you feel comfortable as a parent, just laying that out there in a phone call or a face-to-face conversation, just saying, I feel like we're having trouble connecting, right? And then let's wait for the teacher to respond. If the teacher comes back with defensiveness or a little bit of anger, um, then you're not going to get anywhere with that teacher. And that teacher is not being professional, um, probably in that situation. But try first with the teacher, putting it out there that I think we're having trouble communicating. What do you suggest we do? Wait for that response. Then at that point, if you feel like that is not working, the communication is not improving, then it's appropriate at that point to escalate to a, a school leader. Uh, that could be assistant principal or a principal. Um, and it's not so much running and, and tattling, right? It's, it's, it's saying, I am, here's what's happened. Here's the type of communication I've had with this teacher. Do you have any suggestions for how we can partner together to get my child to be more successful in this class or with, with whatever issue it is? And then that supervisor or that school leader can help remediate that relationship with the teacher and the parent. Now, the teacher is probably going to get a little bit, if they're defensive already, they're going to get even more defensive. Wait, you went to my you know, school leader about this. Um, but it's not about the adults in this situation, right? If the if the parents tried, um, now at this point, it's about the success of the child, right? The, we need to all work together. And maybe that means intervention from a, a school leader. As I was uh, listening uh, to you describe that, uh, another person came to mind. I'm wondering in schools where there's a counselor, a school counselor, if that might be another approach that uh, a, a parent could take that maybe doesn't seem as uh, adversarial to the teacher as connecting to the administration. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up. That I mean, if especially if it's something of the nature of the child's social-emotional situation, the counselor might be extremely appropriate for that. 
Um, and you're right. The teacher is not going to see that as, oh, my supervisor is coming down and, and telling me what to do, um, kind of a top-down mentality there. Another person that in the same vein as, as the counselor would be a, a student support specialist. So if you're even if your child doesn't qualify for accommodations or modifications, those student support specialists are still there for students in general, the general population. So if your child is struggling with something academically or with their executive functioning skills, try to seek out the student support specialist if your school has one and say, how can we partner together? Would, would it be okay if we all three met together um, so that we can get more resources going on here? You're really bringing the focus back to the student and the, and the student needs right? rather than uh, any sense that, that the parents feeling slighted by, uh, right. by what's happened. I wonder if you could advise parents a little bit on the progression of this as students uh, get older. And I'm thinking as a middle school teacher and now the parent of a middle school <laughs> youngster, you're kind of right at that spot, you know, like how is it, different from elementary and what's still the same and as you go into to high school what's that what's that switch look like just recalling as uh, and this goes back a lot of years that my daughter's entry uh, into high school I was continually getting the message that I really didn't need to follow up on these teacher requests for, for parents that I wasn't sure was the message the teacher wanted me to get, but it was the one my daughter kept bringing back to me. <laughs> right, right. Working, working with preteens and teens, you're not always sure what's, what's the full truth here, right? What's the full situation? Um, it's always a mystery. So um, I worked with a really, really great principal in middle school who um, he had a, a few parents, veteran parents who had had their children go through our middle school. And it was a panel discussion. Um, and it was in the summer right before school started. And the new sixth grade families were welcome to come. Uh, the children went off on an orientation and the parents stayed in the cafeteria with this panel of parents. And he facilitated a conversation with this panel so that parents could hear what these other parents have to say about their experience with their child going through the same middle school. And I thought that was a wonderful introduction uh, to, to orientating themselves into middle school. Part of that message, and to answer your question, was back off a little bit, right? Don't completely back off right? But back off a little bit and jump in when you need to, because not every sixth grader is the same. That's that's not news, but not every sixth grader is the same. And when they're starting middle school, whether that's fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth, whatever that is, when they start middle school, let them have a chance to show you what kind of middle schooler they are. Give them that chance. And if they fall flat on their face, if they miss an assignment, they fail a test, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. Um, if they, one of his examples was if they leave the science project on the kitchen table, leave it there. It's going to be okay. Just let them have those mistakes. If you find that your child might need a little bit more intervention than you thought, that's okay because at least you gave them that chance to show you. Um, and if you feel like your child needs a little more intervention, then ask the teacher, is it okay if I email you once a week? Uh, to check in on how my child's doing. And I think that is okay for a temporary time. Then you're going to get a summary of the week. I think the teacher would probably be fine with that because the teacher's getting reminded once a week, oh, right, I need to give, you know, an update, a summary of what's going on. And you're fostering that communication to support your child. 
as they get older, now that my own child is in high school, um, so that that's the middle school stage where you're, you're feeling out wh- how much do I need to get involved. In the high school stage, I pretty much say, you know, you're going to email your teachers on your own completely when you have a question. If you're not sure about what's on the test, you're going to email the teacher. And that can even start in middle school, right? That doesn't have to wait till high school. If you have a, a concern, like my, my child had a, um, and this is not, completely rare, but the teacher graded something incorrectly on a test, which happens, you know, we're human beings, it happens. And I said, you're going to go to the teacher, you're going to go to their tutorial time, and you're going to go and you're going to ask the teacher, would you mind looking at this question again? I think it might be graded incorrectly, because you're empowering your child um, to stand up for themselves, to be an advocate for themselves. And the teacher is also going to appreciate that, because especially when they're in high school, you are working with that child more than you're working with their parents. So it's very important that that communication is strengthened between student and teacher, especially as they enter the teen years. I'm almost hearing parent as coach. Right. Yeah. I like that. Coaching the, 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 the child to be empowered and, and move ahead in those steps. Right. And I, you know, it as a, it's, it's very nice because I think that, you know, through the middle school years, um, this is my own personal experience and everyone's will vary, of course, but with my own daughter's middle school experience, I did coach her through through these things and only intervened when I really felt like I needed to. And she learned over the years, I have the confidence to, and, and I also actually taught her how to write a nice email because we can't assume <laughs> children do that. Good I get point. all lowercase. Hey, Miss Frommert, when's the next quiz? No punctuation. And I'm like, no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for uh, switching hats and, uh, and and coming back on for us here. Um, I, I'm wondering, uh, you got a way that parents could uh, touch base with you if they have a question after listening to this? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter um, and my handle is Mrs underscore Frommert. But if you just search Frommert, F-R-O-M-M-E-R-T, you'll find me on Twitter. I also write a lot for Edutopia. So if you're interested in, in reading more about the education world and what's you know latest research, um, I, I recommend you check out some of my writing and, and other educators write on Edutopia as well. We'll be sure to put the link to your uh, book and the entry to the podcast as well, because I'm sure we've got some parents who are teachers uh, who will uh, want to uh, uh, flip back and uh, and read your book and and get your thoughts uh, from the other direction? Absolutely, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening in, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at BarkleyPD.com.